Internet outrage is poisoning the way we communicate. Everyone's angry, everyone's canceled, and no one's allowed to think for themselves. So we're here to fix that. Welcome to Subtweet This. This. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Subtweet This. We do have a lovely guest with us by the name of Mistress Fox. Hello. Thank you for Hi joining there. us. How are you doing today? Great, great, great. It's so nice to meet you guys. Nice. Oh, hey. Uh, so Mistress Fox is a Twitch streamer. That yes. correct? Oh, is yes. That, okay. Very good. Very good. Um, how long have you been streaming for? Um, well, I was just discussing this just a second ago before we went live, but um, I've been streaming for about 10 years, um, but um, my other streaming is more in the adult realm, and that's like an after dark situation, but um, I transitioned over to Twitch just because I had already played video games for years, and I just thought, you know, why not, um, because Twitch seemed like an outlet that might be interesting for me. Do you know what I'm saying? Especially because yeah. the type of thing that I was doing, it does get boring after a while. It can be lucrative, but it's the same thing all the time. There's not a lot of conversation that happens. So Twitch was a chance for me to kind of be more social and to also get to know more people. Um, because I think doing jobs from home means that you usually don't have very many friends. Yes. Uh, you, you, when you say that more in the adult field, do you mean like a cam girl? Yeah, it's like a cam model situation. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why did you have a brain fart when you said that? Because <laughs> I, I was like, I think that there I, is some I want to like, mix it up with like cam girl, OnlyFans. There's so many nowadays. There's a lot of discussion about like what the word is, I think, because people like to change the word depending on what's more appropriate for the setting. You know, like on Twitch, I used to be super careful, but then now people have OnlyFans on Twitch and they talk about stuff all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas like before on Twitch, people were very, very careful. So, it changes depending on like what platform I'm on and what aud the audience is com like comfortable with, I guess. Right. Yeah. I kind of, I, I feel like that vibe is people are, uh, especially with Twitch, I feel like it's being a little bit more acceptable to kind of lean more into like the adult demographic, whether it's like, you know, just chatting shows, podcasts, and even, you know, just like wearing something a little bit more scandalous that you could get away with. But I feel like there's always going to be like, this like unspoken rule of just like misogyny that goes around on Twitch. Like, what do you mean people are dressing cute and whatever this cam girls Patreon? I don't understand it. I'm all for it. We'll wait till the Karens of the world find out about Twitch. My God. I think when the Karens of the world find out about Twitch and see what's going on, then you're gonna see a huge overhaul in Twitch because oh, for some they're reasons. too busy getting mad and not returning. But, but all it takes is Twitch. for little Tommy while he's watching Fortnite. You have somebody twerking, and she's going to lose her mind. <laughs> That's all it takes. I'm just saying. We're a body paint. God forbid a, a body paint. Yes. Right, right. Completely covered, right? Yes. It's just one Karen. To be perfectly honest, that's why I decided to put this podcast on YouTube, because I feel like YouTube is a little bit more consistent with like how they... Uh, moderate and what's allowed and like what they let fly, whereas Twitch is like so finicky. So I was like, we're going to piss people off. Let's just stay on YouTube, I guess. <laughs> just stay it's here. smart. And then you can chronicle, you know, obviously the podcast, which lots of people do on YouTube. So it's a very like good yeah. thing to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that probably one of the first things because two of the things that we're going to talk about kind of coincide with each other. So I feel like the first thing would probably be the initial tweet that you that we had before wait 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 let's make it clear to the audience mistress fox is a someone that is a tr part of the trans community correct yes yes okay. i identify as a trans woman um so that is what i am here for i'm here to supply my voice um i by no means speak for everybody in the trans community i will say that of course um but i have been transitioned for more than 10 years so it's something that i'm very much um, opinionated on and that's that's definitely why I'm here today. Okay. All right. Cool. First of all, all right. We just got our first subtweet on Twitter. Oh, oh. snap. Oh shit. You know Everyone, what that means? What? We made it. We made it. It took us play the Kelly Clarkson. Some people wait a lifetime. Like you don't know how happy I am to be subtweeted. Like I thought I don't even know. 
<laughs> okay, that's a great. <laughs> <laughs> that was very dramatic. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, but but uh, so we received our first subtweet the other day, and it, and it the subtweet kind of proves to me that what we're doing here, trying to open up dialogue about you know hard topics and all contributing to like various opinions on the same topic is is something that's really needed because the subject that we received was so very like confusing basically the person said that we were uh transphobic uh because we retweeted something from someone's account that was transphobic and in my head i'm just like does anybody sit there on twitter and just scroll through someone's feed see what they have and then retweet i just retweet as i see it it Mm -hmm. seems kind of opposite but Mm -hmm. anyway so there was a tweet in particular, and uh, I don't necessarily think that it is transphobic, but of course, I didn't feel comfortable discussing anything related to um, you know, the trans community without having somebody, a part of that community here, because I don't think it would be fair. Uh, so that's why we invited you on. Well, thank you. <laughs> of course. So, okay, so let's just jump right into it. Let me pull up the tweet. All right, so the tweet in question is by uh, a musician called Zuby. And Zuby is a very um, open, openly, he, he talks about politics. I believe he's a, he identifies as like a libertarian. And he was lifting weights um, part, as part of a British women's deadlift championship. And basically the tweet is, uh, it says, I keep hearing about how biological men don't have any physical strength advantage over women in 2019. So watch me destroy the British women's deadlift record without trying. P.S. I identify as a woman whilst lifting, so don't be a bigot. So that was a tweet. And then, of course, there's a video of him lifting weights. And my initial impressions over that is I, I personally feel like what he was doing was kind of shining a light on the flaws of like a lot of the things that go on specifically with the trans community and like mainstream competitive sports. So there's lots of talk of lust of just like, you know, men that transition to women and then those women compete in like women's uh, sporting events and how some people feel like they have an upper hand. So the person on Twitter thought we were being transphobic for sharing a tweet from this man. So I want to know Mistress Fox, when you hear this tweet, and I don't know if you got a chance to look at the video, mm-hmm. um, but what do you think about this tweet in particular? Um, well, I did my own research just because I wanted to see, you know, what you were speaking about in general. And um, I went and I looked and I didn't see the video, but I did find articles about the person that you're speaking about, um, who I believe identifies as a man normally. And then when he's lifting, he identifies as a woman. And I really want to highlight the fact that I think that you were on the right track um, when you said that you thought that um, it was about more so a commentary on the industry in general yeah, um, and how um, the people kind of critique um, trans people in the industry. Yeah, I think you may have been misinterpreted, maybe. That, okay. that was my only understanding. Like, I, do you think the person was absolute in that? I guess there was probably no discussion, right? So what initially happened is it became this thing of, oh, you're guilty by association. Mm-hmm. So because one person makes a tweet that some people don't agree upon, but because Vanessa liked a whole different tweet that was in modern time, you like the tweet that was posted like, what, a couple of days ago? It was ago? a tweet about Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima. You liked his tweet. He made the tweets about the, the identifying as a woman to break the women's uh, deadlift record in february of 2019 there's a pin because a pin tweet yeah because yes okay i get it this guy um i zuby he's he's from the uk and uh-huh. he, he could be a little controversial he could be a little controversial like he does it but the thing was that he made a good point and I'm, and I'm pretty sure that you have seen all the articles especially within high school there was this whole thing about in high school where this girl there were two males who made a transition from male to female mm-hmm. and broke every record in the girls' track team. Uh-huh. And this young girl, she was devastated. She's just like, it's not fair. I don't have the same genetic build as them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, base, we could call it what you want, but like at the end of the day, men are built different than females. Mm-hmm. And the minute she opened her mouth about that, they all attacked this girl, called her a bigot. Mm-hmm. She's transphobic. 
Mm-hmm. And same thing happened in the was it was that bike? Was it? Oh, there was a that, bicyclist that broke the bicyclist that broke a world mm-hmm. record, and it was you know a male that transitioned into a female, but had years of you know testosterone and just a and then the build. same thing with in the UFC too. It was a male to female fighter who went against a full fledged female opponent and broke her skull. Uh-huh. Oh my god! So it's like a gray area where I understand um, the right to, for exceptions uh-huh. and want to be in the sport. But at the same time, we have to think, I feel we have to take actual biology into the mix. So what he was doing was just bring a light to that. Like, look at what's going on in the sports world. Um, I think his commentary was a little different than maybe you're interpreting it. Now, this is where the conversation starts to diverge and gets a little bit more complex between cis and trans people. And this is where some people have like somewhat of a justifiable right calling some people transphobic for having the opinions about some sporting opinions. Okay. Um, So the reason why it diverges a little bit is because when it comes down to it, um, biology is always a factor, of course but so is science and the fact that hormones exist, right? Um, we know that for a fact, hormones play a place, uh, a, a play a place in your body. They, they have, um, you know, a part. Testosterone is important to men. And when men start losing testosterone in their life naturally um, due to a lot of different reasons, it affects them on a hugely biological level. Do you know what I'm saying? They have to take medication to stabilize and it's the same for women. Um, so those hormones, um, if they have been inhibited, if they have been completely eradicated in a person's body for, let's say, five years and they've been training as an athlete, I don't see why that person shouldn't be allowed to compete as a female. Do you know what I'm saying? Because at that yeah. point, this person's musculature has changed. This person's body has went through a process. Now, there is opinion uh, indifference of like a person who's only been transitioned for, let's say, a year and who has been living as male for... I don't know, 25 or 30 years of their life and has been training competitively as um, somebody in the sports field. My opinion differs a little bit in that circumstance. Do you know what I'm saying? This is where my opinion differs for some other trans people. Some other trans people are still going to say that person should be allowed to compete. I'm going to say it really depends on their levels, right? And um, it's going to be a judgment call based on um, science. And that's what I trust and I uphold. I uphold science, I uphold doctors, but science like anything else can be manipulated. So it's important for people to do actual research because I find a lot of people that quote biology as the main reason for you know these things um, oftentimes don't know the science behind like the, the trans issue in sports. They don't actually do that research or they'll read articles that have been pruned to make it seem like we have a biological advantage in every circumstance, which isn't necessarily true. Look at my arms. Do I have a biological advantage over you? Like you two men here? Probably not. Do you think that I physically could take either one of you? Probably not. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm not even on hormones. I am a person who is trans who decided to not take that route. There are lots of different routes in transition. You don't necessarily have to always take a medical route. And sometimes that's something that takes place because of medical reasons, like hormones uh, might be dangerous to your body. Um, They are heavily... Um, hard on everyone's body when they take them, even people who take them supplementarily later on in life, and they can lead to cancer. So us going on this journey, we don't take it lightly. Do you know what I'm saying? It's something that we have to evaluate on a fundamental level because it changes our body um, on a biological level forever. And it could like, go ahead and speak. I'm sure. So, so no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Because we, we, I, I want to know this stuff because again, it's, what I've seen and heard, it's uh-huh. different than what you're telling me. Uh-huh. So, so you're saying that um, it's like a, a, a it's like a period of time. So, from if I correct me if I'm wrong, so if a person, so let's say of within a year, so let's say this guy has been training for twenty years as as a male, and then he goes and transition as a female now. Does the the hormones start to break down? Does the testosterone start to break down? It does. It does. Right. So over that year, those things are still happening, right? But the only reason I gave some sort of a little clause is because I can't forget that that person has been training um, 
in within a certain body for a certain number of years and that has an effect on their strength and their stamina and their heart and everything else inside of their body right um the reason i said five years and those numbers are not like hard numbers they're not hard set okay. numbers. everybody All changes right. at different rates do you know what i'm saying for example yeah. if you already were somebody who had a lot of testosterone in your body and you go to transition sometimes that takes a long time for you because your body already was just flooded with testosterone. And then you have other people who are sometimes innately um, trans in the sense that they are somewhat intersex. And I can even broach on that a little bit if you need explanation. Um, and that means that um, they already had um, reductive um, male traits to begin with. So for example, I was um, designated male at birth, but obviously I presented female most of my life. I never developed an Adam's apple. Do you know what I'm saying? I never had excessive strength. I was never involved in sports. I was never I never knew that, that was possible. I never knew that. Maybe it's, it's just thing. a thing. It's the thing. Um, and being intersex is something that I wanted to touch on when it came to the sports realm too, because there is actually somebody named Castor Semenya. Is anybody here familiar with who that no. is? Um, she's um, a South African a middle distance runner from the 2016 Olympic um, like games. And um, she was competing and there was some issue over Castor Semenya being in the Olympic Games and competing with women because they discovered that she was intersex. Um, intersex is different than trans because intersex is you were born with sex organs, maybe internally or externally, um, that don't necessarily um, align with how you look. Um, so you may look female, but you may have testes inside your body. And sometimes parents have those removed at birth because the doctor will tell them. But there has been a huge outcry from the intersex community to take away that right because they don't feel like it's fair for people to decide what parts of their body get removed. Now, sometimes science sees this as like a mistake, right? Like you are two of one thing and you shouldn't be. Like we have to decide. But people are arguing more and more that that's not the case and people should be allowed to grow up and live however they want. Now, these people may have fluctuating levels of testosterone and estrogen. So what the issue came to with um, Castor Semenya is she looks female. She looks like a black woman. She has been raised as a black woman and socialized that way her entire life. But when she entered the Olympics, they did the same testing on her that they did on everybody else because of trans issues, right? Mm -hmm. And so Castor Semenya was subjected to a lot of criticism um, because of the fact that they discovered that she was intersex on some level. She had higher testosterone levels than a natal female, than a cisgendered female. So, and that was a problem for a lot of people because then suddenly it became this discussion of, of you know, the same trans thing of like, well, her testosterone levels are too high. But see, she has been socialized and lived as a female her entire life and she looks and has biologically looked outside female her entire life, whether or not she has testes inside of her body. Nobody ever knew that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then there is some discussion around Castor Semenya um, and people having more of an issue with her because she looks masculine to some people. And that is unfortunately a discussion that happens a lot in sports, right? So we cannot um, just looping back to the trans issue, when you talk about most of these people like bashing in people's skulls and, you know, things like that, those people tend to be some of the bigger trans competitors, some of the people who outwardly look more masculine. And that does rub a lot of people the wrong way. Whether or not you have an advantage, people see that as you hulking out as a woman. That's just the way it is. If you have bulging veins, if you have a bigger body, regardless of whether or not you have those um, hormone levels that are lower, people are always going to see you and think that is the She-Hulk. She is going after that tiny <laughs> little woman and she's going to bust her down and there's nothing that she can do. Do you know what I'm saying? But on a scientific level, that's not correct. And we know that because of somebody like Castor Semenya, because that there is the discussion where it starts to complicate things, right? because Castor Semenya has always presented as female. She's not a trans individual, but the Olympics had an issue with where do we put this person? How do we know what to do? And the rest of um, her competitors looked at her as, you know, anybody else would. And, you know, I would say in the 2000s and the 1990s, this became very popular because Oprah picked it up. And she had an episode about intersex people. And we all know during the time, um, Oprah was how a lot of people got socialized on certain marginalized groups. And that is how like, especially white America learned about um, certain things. 
And this was how a lot of America learned about and how they learned about intersex people. But it was still kind of those times of Sally, Jesse, Raphael, are you a woman? Are you not? Ooh, it's so scandalous. And that kind of negates the conversation because it's more about the Oh my God. Like the, you know shock what I'm saying? Value. the shock value. Yeah. Exactly. Then it is about the education. Now, Oprah did a much better job of Sally Jesse or Maury or any of those people, but it was still on that level of like surface level education, not really giving the education that was needed because we saw in 2016, this is still an issue. Right. Um, but we can't act like race didn't come into play there because she was a black woman and black women are always treated like they are more masculine or that they can take things that other people cannot. Um, this is something that even exists in race history in the United States because black women were experimented on for their pain yeah. thresholds. Um, so Castro Semenya is a great example of how when you are a marginalized person and, and of two different groups, you can be a target easily. But if it was a trans woman who was white, let's say, and was tiny, right, smaller than her other competitors, would she be treated the same way? Probably not. They were like, oh, she, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. uh, Probably not, right? They would have did their research, but even if they, she they, won, even if she won, people would look at her and say, she looks female to right. me. Do mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I think so that just, just, just to, just to, just to wrap up that it, I think it comes back to, I think the physical appearance heavily influences how people feel about that individual. Somebody like Nyla Rose, for example, she's big. Do you know what I'm saying? People see her and she's bigger than anyone else in the WWE. But was she bigger than China was in her heyday? No, China mm. was a, exactly. China was a beast. Exactly. Yeah. And, and to everybody's knowledge, China was a cis female. I don't know any otherwise. Nobody else knows any otherwise. So that's the argument I give for somebody like Nyla Rose. See, I never knew there was like a thing called intersex. I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew that. And you breaking that down, like, Imagine what you can learn when people have conversations with you. Yeah, because mm -hmm. if, if we would never had this conversation, I would still be with the mindset that like, you know, like you said, like you broke it down to me that during the time of transition and there are some females who are intersex, even males who are intersex. I didn't know there's guys that could be born and not grow a Adam's apple. I never knew that. Yeah. Never knew that. And that's just one recessive trait you may or may not have, but it makes a huge difference, right? Like it determines whether or not in public, I have the amount of safety as another trans person. Now, I will say, first of all, I'm white. So I'm shielded by the fact that I have privilege and that does exist for trans people. I'm not treated like a black trans woman would be treated on the street, but um, there are people who check you for an Adam's apple and I've seen it happen visibly. And that is the difference between whether or not somebody exacts violence on you in that Wait, moment. Wait, why, why, what? Well, what people do this because, I mean, let's face it, a lot of people have issues with trans people, right? They're just not comfortable with trans women yet. We see this with people like JK Rowling. A lot of people were surprised. Do you know what I'm saying? To see that this beloved childhood author had such stern opinions about trans people existing in women's spaces. But this is a conversation that's starting to get more and more large on the internet specifically because women feel like trans women are and stepping into their spaces and they don't like sharing those spaces with us and i understand to an extent but at the same time it does mean that you think that we are separate than you and that is something that you have to agree well, with what isn't it supposed to be like women are supposed to be come together and not trying to divide that each is other? what we are hoping for right but at that point with jk rowling she's saying that she thinks that we are always meant to her and that we are always predators and that we will always be people that should be feared in bathrooms and gyms and, you know, in sports and things like that. Because in her eyes, as a feminist, um, men are always going to be out to get women. And trans people are just another vehicle for men to exact their command and control over women. That is the and fucking most ignorant thing I've fucking heard it's in toxic, my life. It's toxic, right? It's toxic. But she's <laughs> using like lesbians, for example, to make the argument that we are predators. But again, how many times have you actually heard about a trans person in a bathroom snatching up a kid or a woman or something like that? Not as many times as you've heard of a kid being molested in a Catholic church, I can guarantee you. Damn. Damn. But people still go to she church every there. Sunday. Right. So I'm just saying, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just if people pick and choose what kind of opinions they want to have, but people were so heartbroken by that. Do you know what I'm saying? That that 
author had that opinion, but it just goes to show that some people are always looking for us. You know, I worked at Best Buy when I was younger and there was this man that used to come in with his kids and we'd get comments on a sheet afterwards. They were just customer reviews. And he said in a comment and they read these out loud to our morning meeting um, in front of all the other employees. And they rarely screened them beforehand because it was the morning and they just didn't care. Um, but they read a story about a guy that said that he would love to be helped by me in any situation where he wasn't with his kids um, because he thought I was the most knowledgeable employee, but he would refuse to have his kids anywhere around me um, because of the way that I looked and the way that I presented. Whoa. And at the time I didn't present as trans. It was more of an androgynous look for me because it was a, it was a process and it was a journey, but that just goes to show that some people are looking for you because they want to inhibit um, that type of uh, person from even existing in their kids' lives. And that is just a parent's hope a very desperate hope mm -hmm. in keeping their child, if they are trans, from venturing out on that ledge for one more month, for one more year, for three more years, in hopes that it's just a phase, in hopes that you'll get over it, in hopes that you never even think about it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we know that that doesn't really work that way. You can't just keep your kids from seeing these things. Um, but that's just another like small example. Can I? Okay, so that's actually really good. I, I know we have a lot of stuff to talk about, but wanna, I want to chime into that because we started talking mm -hmm. about kids for a second and i know that a lot of parents do tend to shield their kids like it's some like ah, scary thing i don't know um but my question is what is what is your take specifically on like i know there's a lot of talk about i think it happened with like the Mar mario lopez moment mario lopez i think said something to the effect of he personally would not allow his children to um pick what they want to identify as or help expedite some type of like transition for their kids which i don't even know if that's a thing like are kids even allowed to transition can they have hormones do you know about this um well the thing is is that this is all something that's heavily involved in your parents right and they're allowing you to do things yeah. and unfortunately um in most of the world kids are treated like property and um you belong to your parents so your parents will ultimately decide unless you get emancipated what happens to you in regards to your transition yeah. so there is no way you're going to go and just get hormones but i will say they are available online through black market um, websites which i will get to um but in most cases no kid is going to have access to that kind of thing do you know right. what i'm saying no eight-year-old no 10-year-old no 12-year-old you're going to have to go through counseling you're going to have to go through you know, so much screening before any kind of that process ever starts. But I will say people do generally want to start before puberty starts. And that's for the reason of having the backing and saying that I was never physically male so that this conversation, for example, about sports never comes up for that person. Mm -hmm. Because if you hit them before puberty, you cannot say that that person was ever physio like physiologically male. Do you know what right. I'm saying? Because they never developed. Their voice never dropped. They never gained that extra muscle. Their bones never developed in the way that a male's bones won't. Which is why if you look at trans women, for example, who start transition before the age of 12 or you know 11 or something like that, um, they look completely different. They don't need to go out and get $15,000 surgeries on their face or $20,000 surgeries for breast implants. Do you know what I'm saying? Because their bodies developed the way that they were supposed to develop at puberty. So I would say that's the goal. But there is no like right-wing conspiracy theory, like five-year-old that's trying to take medication. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Or seven-year-old. Would you feel like in your honest opinion for the parents that are just like, nope, not letting my kid transition. My kid is under the age of 18. Nope. Would you classify that as transphobic or just parenting? Um, I think it does highly um, make a statement about the parent's uh, point of view, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe that that parent is transphobic to a certain degree, um, but it's also maybe the case that they just don't understand, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't just pretend like because your child is trans, you automatically understand everything about trans people or that journey as a parent. You love your kid, but you don't understand. And also um, that parent also has to mourn for the child that they lost in their head, right? right. Because that parent has been thinking about that kid being a boy or girl for their entire life since they were in the womb, even before that. Do you know what I'm saying? Been dreaming about what that kid was going to be. This happens more with boys than it does with girls um, and that disappointment. Do you know what I'm saying? But um, it is a huge issue. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. The conversation around children is, is a very controversial one yeah. because um, it determines 
um, how successful that person's transition is and how much it affects them on a psychological level. So like I said, ideally for me, in my opinion, and that's just mine, I would think to hit them uh, right before puberty. And that would be, I think, ideal. I think before that isn't necessarily necessary because you really don't know the differences. If you're dressing and presenting as a female at that age before puberty, you can't really tell. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I, as a child, was approached so many times and asked why I acted and looked like a girl. People kept coming up to me all the time. And this was before people knew um, gay slurs. So because I was that young. So it was mostly, why do you act so girly? Why do you act like a girl? Why are you such a girl? And to me as a kid, I didn't understand that. Do you know what I'm saying? I didn't get that. I was like, I don't know. This is just the way I act. I don't, I don't know what you want from me. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not here to prove anything to any of you guys. And you're at such a young age. You're just like, I just want to exist. I just want to play with you guys. I just want to be your friends. But at that age, I also can't attend pl uh, slumber parties, right? I can't really talk to girls because I am being raised as a boy um, and I'm treated that way. So I'm isolated and I'm left with the people who are only going to sit there and make fun of me for seeming like a girl. Do you know what I'm saying? So sometimes a transition and a path um, in some way, starting you know, with psychology or a therapist or something for kids at a young age, it may seem extreme, but sometimes it's the one thing that saves them from wanting to kill themselves. Do you know what I'm saying? In, right. in those type of grades. And it's hard because you don't understand yeah. at that age why people are targeting you. I didn't. Do you know what I'm saying? I used to sit in the car and cry every day and beg my mom not to make me go to school, but I didn't understand. And you know, I had to go through the journey of like thinking that I was a gay man and all of these other things because of a lack of knowledge and that's all it was a lack of knowledge once you have that knowledge you can do so many different things but you have to have it first right right so so i have a question so there was this uh talk going around that i've seen before there, there's this like some parents they kind of like push their kid to be trans like the opposite gender like they they would i don't know if you ever heard of this like so they would buy their sons dolls or they would buy their daughters like toys that are considered for boys uh -huh. and they will push these kids to be to to be the opposite gender mm -hmm. and when they do go through that transition as they get older they regret the transition mm -hmm. they feel like it was forced upon them and i was reading the article in the uk there's a group who are trans males and females who say like they made a heart they made an irrational decision to transition mm -hmm. and do you feel that it's something that that do you see is happening nowadays where parents will go, oh, look, my son or my daughter is identified as trans, but in the kid's head is just like, oh, well, I don't really know what's going on, but mommy is saying this, so I guess mommy knows best. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think it was probably more of a conservative think piece on two different topics. Um, so I'll broach on both of those. One is gender based on how you're raised, right? So some people have this impression that if you have a doll and you're a boy, that automatically that'll make you trans or gay. That's not the case. I'm sorry to break it to you. Boys play with dolls all the time. They're just called action figures. Like you can call yes. them whatever you My want. My G.I. Joe had the Kung Fu grip. I'm sorry. It's the same thing. Do you know what I'm <laughs> saying? And a lot of girls play with Barbies really rough. They cut off their hair they cut off their heads they decapitate them throw them around the room i don't know if people look at what little girls do with barbies but it's not necessarily the most feminine thing in the world all the time do you know what i'm saying I think I, that I, I, shout out to I my sister I don't, I don't know i don't know what happens with barbies i think the true story here is that cis people have been pushing gender norms on their kids um since the beginning of gender existing in society you know we want our girls and boys to be, be the most definitive versions of those things and if they're not then we're upset right if a girl is a tomboy, it's automatically, why do you dress like that? Why can't you wear more makeup? Why can't you be more pretty? Why can't you wear dresses? Do you know what I'm saying? If you're a boy who tends to lean, and I'm not even including sexuality on any level. This is just a style preference. Um, you know, if you're a boy who tends to like your clothes more tight, or if you just are into fashion and, you know, God forbid you're straight and into fashion, do you know what I'm saying? That's even more of like a hard thing for people to understand. We push these gender norms on so many things that have nothing to do with gender. Do you know what I'm saying? They're just toys. Some boys just like my little ponies. There's a whole movement of men who like my little bronies. ponies now called bronies. bronies. Yep. And at a different time, if you would have brought that up to people, they would have thought you were in sane 
Do you know what I'm saying? If you would have brought that up in the 1980s, people would have been like, there's no way men love My Little Ponies because that was for girls in the 1980s. But now that's almost seen as like a bro culture thing, right? And you can't escape that. That's a real thing and it exists in our reality. So it just goes to show you how societal and gender norms can completely be warped depending on how pop culture works and exists. For example, rap now is completely different than it was in the 1990s. Oh, you would never see any rappers wearing bright pink or do you know what I'm saying? Pink their nails, getting their nails done. That's Wait, something Cameron, Cameron. I've seen several people of, do that. Cameron back in the 90s, he's, he's, he made that movement with uh, wearing pink. Uh, Ooh, and we can't medicine. say that people didn't exist in the masculine yeah, I mean, because I will yeah, say that people like say. Prince existed. <laughs> oh, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, exactly. Prince, Prince was a shit. And Prince is kind of, let's say, the father of all or like Michael Jackson style. Do you know what I'm saying? So those, yeah. things, those tropes already existed, but I'm talking on about on a wider scale. Yeah. We're okay. seeing rap now that um, black men specifically are allowed to um, exhibit femininity without being judged to that same standard because pop culture has changed. Um, not necessarily that toxic masculinity because that still exists. It's still in the rap. It's still there. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. style has changed. So they're allowed to wear bright pink now. Do you know what I'm saying? Nas X, uh, Lil Nas X is allowed to exist as a gay rapper where he probably wouldn't have been allowed to exist then. Um, it's just this like gender norm thing that we kind of push on people. So no, I don't really think there are any moms out there. Maybe there's one crazy mom out there, right? Who watched too much drag race or like, you know, loves trans people or has lots of trans friends and hopes their kid will turn out to be trans or gay. But do you really think if you love your kids that you're ever going to push your like kids to be something that they're not? And also, do you right. think your kids are going to listen to you? I'm sorry. Right. Like, I know I didn't listen to my parents. Yeah. Like, the first thing you want to do is rebel against whatever your parents do. So if you were truly um, somebody who had like a voice in yourself, you would know that you weren't trans. Now, the other topic was detransition. That's the other thing that you mentioned, people yes. regretting that they're trans and just deciding that they don't want to be trans anymore. That does happen, right? People do decide that they are trans and without um, proper therapy and proper conversation, I think sometimes this can happen. There has been a relaxation on the requirement for more psychological evaluation because some people find it diminutive to go to a cis person and ask for a pass to be trans it's kind of you know like it feels a little shitty to be like oh hi doctor can you please tell me that i'm trans so i can go get you know uh, a surgery you know downstairs to reflect that that's what it used to be like then they changed it so that there was less um, psychological screening but with that you also get people who like i mentioned before will go online and buy illegal drugs who will go to mexico and get the cheapest um you know surgeries who will get uh, legal silicone like Nicki Minaj or Cardi B put in their bodies. Transsexual women did that way before they ever did to make their bodies bigger and to add curves and things to their bodies. Um, and those things are very regular. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's just something that we deal with all the time. And, um, you know, for those people, once you go through that journey, I guess if you're not 100% sure, and I'm, I'm going to say that that happens, people want to make it seem like being trans is this yes or no light in your head, right? Like you just know or you don't know. Mm -hmm. No, you have to figure it out. Like I took time. Obviously, I said I went through this phase where I was androgynous and I presented as a boy still, but I had long hair like this. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have like a female body, but I looked female to most people. And that was the journey that I took. Now, everybody's time on that is different, but some people maybe in a world where, you know, influencers are trans or um, you see trans people on TV, somebody thought it was cool maybe one time and forced transitioned and then regretted it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that's what, that wasn't who they really were. Mm -hmm. Let's face it. Surgeries are much easier to get now. Yeah. The market is much easier to access for the standard individual. So if you were a gay man and you just watched a lot of drag race and thought, whoa, this may be easier for me now. This is not something that happens on a regular basis. I'm not trying to make this seem like a regular trope. And you went out and got you some breast implants and decided you were trans and then regretted it. I'm sure you would go out to some paper and decide that you wanted to get paid to, to disclose that story. Do you know what I'm saying? And in most okay. cases, that's what those stories are based off of. They're tabloid puff pieces from uh, trans people who weren't 100% about their journey, right? They just didn't know. And that's fine, but don't blame the trans community because you didn't understand your journey and you kind of ended up in the wrong place in life. You know, it's everybody's responsibility to decide to get surgery. I haven't had any like 
crazy, crazy surgery downstairs or anywhere else because I don't want to, but that's everybody's choice, right? To right. go and do those things. But you can't be mad at the trans community if you go and do those things and then regret them and then pretend that that's a way to hate us because that's all it is. It's just another narrative to spin on us to hate us because, oh, like you're convincing people to do this. You're pushing kids to do this. And then, you know, they're going to regret it somewhere later down in life. That kid had a hundred million chances to change the narrative in their life in that time. Do you know what I'm saying? There's no way any parent is hand-holding their kid and taking them to some operating room and getting them a brand new gender. Right. I kind of wanted to ask a question on that. And I think you probably already answered it, but still, I just want to ask, um, when it comes to, you know, with parenting, and I know you mentioned like if they were to you know, kind of get hormones before puberty in order to kind of get to that transition, do you think that some parents are only a little bit dismissive to some kids just because they're so young at that moment because they can't really make decisions on basic things. So something as such as what they identify as can change consistently as they get older. I mean, I, there are parents that may be, okay, you know, to me here is six, he identifies as this, but because of him being so young, I guess, like you said, it differs from- It's an argument, right? It is a valid argument that kids are young and that they may not understand. Um, and that intersects with the last conversation that we had, you know what I'm saying about being sure. Um, I could understand how some people may think that a kid may not be ready to start hormones. But again, that is between that parent and that child, right? Like we can't decide for those children or those parents how they're going to approach transition. You could choose to wait till 15 or 18. Do you know what I'm saying? Some parents maybe feel like that's more fair, waiting until 18. Are you depriving your kid of a, of a few years of development? Yes. Is it the worst thing in the world that you could do to your child? No, that's kicking them out because they're trans. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or hating them because they're trans or making them dress in clothes that they don't want to or ignoring their gender pronouns. There are lots of different levels of disrespecting trans people. Um, and that is one of them. Them. Do you know what I'm saying? Denying us a transition. And a lot of people would see that as a transphobic act. But um, I understand how that conversation is complicated for some people, right? Right. Um, but I feel like people struggle on just even the most face surface level issues. You know, people always want to jump to that, but can't even deal with the fact that Gabrielle Union's okay with her child identifying as a girl, but was born, you know, as a different gender. Do you know what I'm saying? People have commentary on that. And you haven't even seen that child dress fully female yet. Right. I've seen that child in some blazers and some like flashy colors. Do you know what I'm saying? But that child hasn't even come out in like long hair, you know, in a pink dress. You know, I don't, what are people so upset about that the child is trans, that Gabrielle Union is a black woman and that she accepted her child who is trans. I that, think it might just be the, the whole black thing because it's like a black female, because there's this whole stigma now where um, black males are becoming more feminine and just uh, bringing us down or something. I don't know. It's uh -huh. like, for some, it's, it's, it's within the black community. No, it is a conversation. That's it's, a conversation. It's, it's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And it's funny that, you know, you brought up like, you know, rappers now, like the, the style of rap has changed. And a lot of like some of the masculine rappers saying like, oh, they're, they're freaking dressing like, you know, some, some, some gay boys and stuff. But back, if you look like back in the 80s, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, how did they dress? Right. Well, it's subjective, right? It's subjective and, and, you know, based but on that was style. Hardcore, yeah, that was that was, but that was the style back then, back in the eighties, the hardcore rap and stuff. And even the guys back in the days, they would dress like that. It was the tight jeans and everything, you know, the open shirts, the blazers, the gloves and everything, the netted. Uh, we can't pretend like commentary hasn't changed too on social media though, because now people have opinions from every decade, you know, and yeah. they're allowed to voice them. And we have people from rap in the nineties who are still in the, in the community, still working in that industry and still have valid voices. They have podcasts. They still have like careers. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they have an opinion on rap now. They're going to have an opinion on it. That's just what it is. Now, the idea that black men are more feminine now, that's just a younger generation coming up, deciding how they want to present themselves. You can be mad about that but they're going to do whatever they want to do not much has changed though right we're still losing people to like shootings and murders and all kinds of other things in the rap community for what reason it's exactly like it was in the 90s i lived through that you know i'm in my 30s so at this point it seems like it's not really that different it's just style people right. like want to complain about style but you know people are even very toxic about black men being gay and black men being um, interested in trans women that's a that's a conversation that's you know very big you know, like the fact that so many black um, trans women are killed in the United States. And that is an intersection between being black and being trans. And that math in people's head 
in the world of you being the least common denominator of everybody. And I say that in a crude way because that's the way some people actually think. You're a woman and you're black. You mean nothing to me. You could be erased. Nobody would care. And in in most cases, you know, that's, that's what happens. These black trans women are completely swooped under the rug. And a lot of times it is black men who kill them. And that is a fact. That is not something that I'm saying lightly or without statistics. Oh, I know. I know. It mainly happens. And it is because of toxic masculinity in the black community. Do you know what I'm saying? And also an intersection with religion. Like I can't pretend like that doesn't exist also there. Um, But those are values and morals that have existed for generations in families. Do you know what I'm saying? That it's really hard to pull apart. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, The older generation of um, the black community is not ready to let go of traditionalist values. That's, That's just the way it is. Um, and it's still being pressed on the younger generation very heavily. So that's why that kind of thing happens. Um, I know, uh, Saul, hey, you had some other me, questions. Me, oh, It's my oh, turn. I'm just, me. you know what, I'm leaving. It's my turn. <laughs> All right. So we are, uh, we're getting close to an hour. So I want to, I want to ask two more questions. Uh, we're going to end the show with a bang, a story that's somewhat recent. And I'm sure a lot of people want to hear your thoughts on, but before we do, uh, so you mentioned at the at the opening part of our show that you know your experiences are obviously like your opinions are of your own. Do you find yourself butting heads with a lot of other people in the trans community? Oh, absolutely. I'm considered to be like one of the most controversial types of trans women that exists. Um, I have even like a good part of the trans community, considering that I myself am not trans. Why is that? Um, And that is because um, there is something called um, a trans medicalist. And that basically means that there are trans people and people who believe that if you are not taking a medical journey to transition, um, then you are not truly trans. Um, that you just you are just feigning at gender and that you're not serious about it because you're not willing to go and get breast implants or you know go and get a cosmetic surgery for you know turning something into a vagina it it ends up being one of those things where like if you're not this serious if you're not as serious as me then I'm going to completely discount you so that's something that I deal with and then also like there is kind of a narrative with trans women to be as feminine as possible always and that means that like you never exhibit any other kind of ideals. It's always being this Instagram baddie-esque kind of um, look. And that's the only look we're allowed to have. You have to go out, for example, there's extreme um, you know, pressure in the trans community to get that same illegal black market silicone I was talking about pumped into your hips because most of us don't have the same hip curvature you know, that most women are born with if we transition later in life. So we go and get that black market silicone, which gives us a good 10 years before it starts to kill us, you know, before it, like it did with Kay Michelle, and she had to get like part of her butt amputated. Do you know what I'm saying? Or people like Nicki Minaj, who have, who's had it done. She doesn't want to admit to it, but she's had it done. We all know she has. <laughs> um, Cardi B admitted to it and said one day it could kill her. She said, she openly said one day it could kill me. But she got it done when she was stripping. And in those industries, which trans women are pushed into the sex industry a lot. So we strip, we do cam work, we do sex work outside of that. Um, and because of that, we're forced to get those bodies. And so I'm judged on that same scale. Why don't you look like that? Do you know what I'm saying? Why haven't you done more? Why haven't you gotten more surgery? So yeah, it is one of those things where um, I'm also um, a dominatrix by trade. And I think a lot of them um, see that as a masculine thing. Uh, dominant women are not really? held in a high regard. I, the tr- I think of it the opposite way. I feel like. Well, yeah, I mean, I know people see it as like a, a female power thing, but they take you to like a 1950s level of female. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh. Like, you need to always look right, always have your waist tight, always oh, have your voice right. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a pretty toxic environment and that yeah. exists. And I would actually say that I've dealt with more hate within the trans community than I personally have dealt with outside of it. Um, doesn't this sound familiar, Cosmic and Della? Doesn't this sound familiar with like how we deal listen, with the black community? Don't, don't group me and T, your group. No, tell me this doesn't like, sound familiar. This is like, it an, does. This is like it a does. cultural thing that tell we have you a really problem feel, with. Della. I know you feel like that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, I've, I've, I've had this conversation with uh, on a studies podcast where there's like this whole discord within the LBGTQ community and was like in the trans community too. It's just like, oh, you're not trans enough for us, so we not really. Mm, or it's kind of like a hate thing. Like so, it's like I thought you're supposed to be accepting of each other, but now you just push each other off. 
Like, oh. Even on Twitch, I get blacklisted to a degree because um, my audience is mostly gay men. And when trans women come in, they don't want to, a lot of trans women don't want to be associated with the LGBT community. Why? And the reason why that is, I'll give you that explanation. The short and short of that is, it was much easier in a different time where it was even more dangerous to be out in the world to have friends that were gay, because that could immediately link you back to something that seemed not so straight. So if you were trying to live stealth, which is a trans person who wants to live in the cis community without other people knowing that they're trans and some of us do that for safety reasons for our own psychological reasons you know um it's dangerous maybe to know a gay person sometimes gay people and people in the lgbt community don't want to respect us in the same way that cis people don't because they are cis people too at the end of the day a lot of them do you know what i'm saying not all of them some of them um so those same cis people come to us misgender us use our old name in front of a bunch of people that don't know and from our work do you know what i'm saying or try to gay it up with us somewhere do you know what i'm saying where we don't feel 100 percent safe and that to us is a threat to our safety to them you can walk away mr white gay man and go and live and do whatever you want nobody's going to attack you but i'm immediately the target after that right or like if um, I used to go to parties with my um, my gay friends when I was younger, and that same thing would happen to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Because when people know, automatically it's that violence. So you know, it just comes down to the simple fact that like I don't know. There's always going to be infighting inside of communities for some reason. Yeah, and it's just because That's we're also just different. fucking stupid. So I thought the community was supposed to bring you guys together. I thought the LBG community was supposed to fucking break down the barriers that because there you'll be an attack. You will all be an attack by cyst fucking assholes bigots and everything and, and like you're supposed to be working together and be there's so many accepted. micro things in there right though because we can't act like a white gay man is the same as a black gay man right there's a difference no, they're, there they're, they're not but it's supposed to be the on thing the is, same white gay men are not willing to fight for everybody else in the community unfortunately the way that everybody else is and the sad part about that is people of color or the people who championed rights for people in the lgbt community and now they're being suppressed do you know what I'm saying? When you go to most LGBT events, they're mostly white gay events. They're not, mm. so, so, so people of color almost have to create their own spaces. You go to black gay pride in a lot of places, which I feel like is really shitty. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Why can't we have stages for everybody at the same pride? Why does it have to be the separate thing? And it's because people are not included a lot of the time. And, you know, so when people talk about us as the LGBT community, a lot of times that community is not even all succinct with itself. You know, we could all be at a bar and never talk to each other. Not once. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. And that's very insightful, at least for like our predicament. That's that's nuts. Okay. So let's go ahead and move on to our last topic. And we actually found this topic on your Twitter account. And I want to talk about it. So okay. um, Last of Us 2. Uh, I have not played this. This apparently we we might discuss something regarding a spoiler. Um, if you are watching this, so I apologize. You might want to tune out now. Um, but Last of Us. So apparently, um, so Mistress Fox posted something on Twitter uh, the other day, and you seemed like you were you were you were kind of upset with how they um, you know in introduced trans people into the game. Tell us about that. Mm -hmm. Well, there is this problem with um, people controlling narratives that they don't really have a right to have an opinion on. Do you know what I'm saying? So for all intents and purposes, the stories that are written in The Last of Us are written by cis people. That is that is a fact. There's nobody that's trans that's come out that said, I worked exclusively on this storyline. And if there was, it probably would have happened already, right? Because they've seen the kickback from this specific story already. So I imagine if there was a trans writer that that person would have come out, if there was a trans um, employee who felt like they were championing this cause specifically for you know this production company then i feel like they would have come out but there was kind of just silence i think it was another thing where cis people are taking um, what they feel like they know about trans people and trying to forge a story without actually including trans people. I don't know if you guys saw this a while back, but um, just a quick little interlude. There was a, an addition, I believe, to Marvel. Somebody added um, two non-binary characters. <laughs> about those guys. Uh, and it was like Snowflake and Save Space. And it was such a joke. Mm -hmm. Kat Black did a video on this that was really, really, really good and informative. And she reads you the characters in a much more appropriate way. But that is the perfect example of cis people taking a narrative and saying, you know, I know enough about this to speak for you, but you really don't. And, and it's never appropriate unless you have a trans person to help you there with that issue. Mm -hmm. And specifically in this one, it was trans violence. They're glorifying some of the most 
difficult moments in a trans person's life. Exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? And I want to echo the same type of sentiment. And I don't do this lightly. Again, this is a crude comparison. And I want to make sure that people understand that. But people don't have gratuitous scenes of slavery in video games. I do you know what I'm saying? I was going to make that comparison. Um, I will say Red Dead Redemption does have the KKK I've heard in their game. Um, yeah, you kill them. And they... They yeah. had to remove them or something. But that's one of those things where like, it's, is it really necessary? Do we know in history that the KKK existed? Is it something that is really necessary for a black um, player on that game to experience having to, now you might say, well, it's, it's vengeful. It's mowing down the KKK with a gun. But to some people, that's still hurtful. Do you know what I'm saying? Having to see those costumes, having to experience that, having to know that in history, having to remind you that in that game, you might've been a slave. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's a conversation that needs to be had, and and that's that's not had there. Do you know what I'm saying? Whatever white viewers playing is just yo yeah, kill the KKK, but you don't understand. You don't understand like why black people may feel a certain way about that scene, and the same thing with trans people in that scene. You don't understand why trans people may feel terrible about being misgendered, for example. People cis people don't understand how it cuts when people use the wrong name or the wrong pronoun. It basically says, "I don't care about you as a human being." Do you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? You can remember if your pet is a boy or a girl, and you correct people all the time on that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? You could be walking out randomly, and your pet doesn't have clothes on. Nobody knows what gender your pet is. It's a boy okay, why can't you do that with trans people? You have right. that same respect for animals, but you can't do that for us. It's genuinely just to show that you disagree with our lifestyle and that you want to jab at us in some way. And those scenes, if you've seen them and I've seen them, um, are some of the most graphic scenes that a trans person could experience. Do you know what I'm saying? Too. Yeah, and the last I, I haven't gotten yeah. up to the part yet, I mean, but uh, can if I, you don't mind telling about it. I mean, it's because, I mean, I did, I did recently play it throughout the whole thing and I wanted to speak to her about it too, how even now what you said, I, I, that they don't have people like the trans community working on a game. It's just, they explored the, if anything, like the darkest moments. And, mm -hmm. uh, and especially, you know, with this character and being the youngest character in the game as well, having a uh, fictional cult basically chasing them out because they felt as if though, you know, no, they felt that they were another sex and because of them simply cutting their hair, they were being hunted. And mm. I was just like, wow, especially if that's not being written by, you know, people of that community as well. It seems yes. just so like, it's just like, wow, you explore such that dark side in this post-apocalyptic world and this, in this crazy cult It's just, and like, even, you know, they show violence with the mother mm -hmm. and it's just that even that can attack people in such a harmful way when you involve the family too. And when I see it's a huge that, narrative, yeah. it's probably the biggest with trans people, right? Yeah. Family is kind of your first decision of whether or not your life ends up being really shitty or not. You know, yeah. like if they decide that they don't like you, then that's it. You're homeless. And that happens to a lot of black trans women. Do you know what I'm saying? Luckily, there are funds that are active for them right now um, that have reached up to $2 million that were started independently, um, specifically in Atlanta. And that is something that should be heralded because uh, black trans women who are homeless are often ignored. But like our homeless rates are skyrocketing because we have nowhere to go when our parents disapprove of us. And this is an active lifestyle. It's us wearing the clothes. It's us wanting the pronouns. It's us wanting you to call us the right names. Otherwise, we might go somewhere else for our own sake of mental well-being. Because if it's that or us killing ourselves, then yes, we're going to remove ourselves from the situation. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The commentary on the game, it was just crude. And I think that they could have included a trans person the same way that I feel like a Black person should be included every time there's a commentary on slavery or any other theme that includes that community. Do you know what I'm saying? But those things are rarely done because people feel like they're doing you a favor by including you. And that's that type of allyship that really bothers me. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you're saying you're with a community, but you're really not. Yeah. You just performatively are there. And none of those proceeds are going to trans people. I haven't seen you know any money flying at us in any direction. Um, the same way people get mad over um, white people making movies about black history. You know, uh, the Harriet Tubman movie was scrubbed pretty hard. A lot of other ones were. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think that is, a lot of times it's a lack of Black people in those writing rooms. Do you know what I'm saying? Or in the wardrobe department or in the hair department, right? Those things are all super important because if a Black person can't look at that and see themselves, then they're going to feel like it's inauthentic. And it's the same thing with trans people. Do you know what I'm saying? We immediately are catapulted into sitting into, in, in this story that we didn't even ask to be in. Some of us have escaped this violence ourselves actively in our lives recently. And we paid for this game and you're putting us back into it without any warning. 
um, you've never had any other trans characters experience these types of things. Do you know what I'm saying? So it just, it feels like you're just using us and there's no other conversation about it. So I got another question because this is something that I see a lot with, you know, marginalized groups where they want representation in video games and representation in movies. So specifically with like LGBTQ, it's we want more representation of, you know, in video games. So is this not one of these cases? Because at a glance, I haven't played the game. I only saw in, in hearing what Saul and you are talking about. When I first saw this, I was like, okay, maybe they're educating people on like the dark side of someone that is growing up in a household that isn't as accepting, maybe educating them on the possibility that these things actually happen. So what you're saying, it's not because the, the darkness that was portrayed, it was because there was no trans people that had a part in the script. Is that, is that what you're saying? Well, that's a part of it. Yeah. Like, I think your narrative and what you're speaking about is important because it's what a lot of people are bringing up. You know, this is a, this is a reality and, and harsh realities need to be explored, right? But then you have to really ask yourself, do they? Have we become obsessed in this world of 2020 of traumatizing ourselves and creating this like terror porn for us to indulge in? Because we know that the news is already on that. You know, mm -hmm. we already know that they subject us to that type of behavior all the time. And it's something that happens in other situations as well. Do you know what I'm saying? I think that are there things to be learned? Yes. Would it be better for you to learn them from an actual trans person? A hundred percent. Do you know what I'm saying? Because a person may play that game who enjoys seeing trans people in that type of violence. And it's not okay with me that you're giving never, them the I never vehicle. thought of it like that. Do you know what I'm like saying? That. You know, how do you know those people in Red Dead are not identifying with the KKK? How do you know that they didn't kill them? Do you know what I'm saying? They left them there and they just kept writing. And that says something about your community and it says something about your game. Right. Um, and the other thing I want to say is about trans characters. Um, yes, include us. But also, why are we always side characters? It, it comes back to that same trope of, you know, marginalized people always ending up as side characters who don't really have story. Or if we do, it's only about our violence. And it, and it happens again. And I make the same like thing over and over again with the black community because it's very very similar you just want us for the violence you don't want to hear about our daily life you don't want to hear about our problems about our stories because that's boring to you do you know yeah. what i'm saying you just want to live your reality that's all you want you don't care about us you don't care about what we struggle with and that's why you get so much kickback during black history month on twitch right do you know what i'm saying because none of those white viewers care about black history month and they don't want to see you on the front page every day they think that you guys are getting some sort of a special like red carpet rolled out for you just because i you're fucking black. say that all the time and everybody comes at me like no you know it's not like that like we get a fucking month and like we I'm not going to get into this rant. But I can't <laughs> even fucking get the crazy. Thing about, the thing that's so sad about that um, is I can't even name, um, you know, on two hands, black creators. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That I know as a white person. And that's a problem on Twitch. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That is a problem on Twitch. You are not giving those creators enough airtime. I'm sorry. It is just the reality of things. Race does play on Twitch. Like, I'm not going to pretend like even in the LGBT community on Twitch, I see very few people of color in the LGBT community on Twitch. Mm -hmm. And that bothers me because most of my friends are black and gay. Do you know what I'm saying? And they're nerds. And one thing that really bothers me, and this is one way that I've always related to gothics and one of the ways that I first started watching her and became a huge fan of hers was seeing a person of color whose goth is a huge deal for me, especially as somebody in their 30s. Because when I was younger, I saw white kids bully alternative um, kids of color because you couldn't emulate our hair texture or you didn't look the same in our outfits or whatever the situation was. And the same thing happens in the nerd community. Do you know what I'm saying? Cosplayers are told you cannot represent those characters characters because you are black or you know you can't do the same things that we do because you're black do you know what i'm saying and it's ridiculous like you just you're just making excuses for not wanting to be included in our experience you just want a white experience and that's it but just be honest about it that's all you want you know it's funny what you mentioned about uh, kkk in the game because if you ever play the game mafia 3 there is a scene where you have to infiltrate a kkk rally mm -hmm. and then you just kill all of them uh silent me was just like oh man this is some, this is like every black man's dream, you know? Mm -hmm. You play as a Dominican too. He's like Dominican. Yeah, black, you play as you Dominican. Know? And, and like, <laughs> you, that was just like, that was just, this was like crazy. Like, I, I was just, I was like, shit, they allowing this in the game? Like, yeah. but in the game, if you played, if you ever played Mafia 3, they see you and they call you the N-word, they drop the hard R. It's, it's a rock star game. And like, you know, yeah. it's, it, it surprised me at the same time, just like, 
it's kind of expected, but exactly. I never expected like a whole, you infiltrate a KKK rally and they got the white hoods and everything and it's just there. And it's, yeah. it was really like a shock and awe and you just mow them down. Like no Russian in uh, Call of Duty. But it is true that I never really thought about what you said that, like, you know, some people may get off on seeing a trans person being or murdered. Yeah, some that, people that's may a real find thing, that yeah. as a as a snuff porn. Like, oh yeah, I get to kill a trans person. This is my fucking dream. Yeah, yeah. this is my you favorite know? game now. This is my favorite yeah. game. Right? I get yeah. it. Uh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's free license too because everybody purchases that and takes it home. You know, just does whatever they want with it. So, right. yeah, that's so interesting. Uh, so I I will definitely say like I learned a lot from this session. So I learned a lot too. Yeah, yeah. I want to I want to thank you for sitting down with us. You know, I and I want to have more conversations like this because I feel like. You know, like we discussed earlier, especially with social media, there's a lot of people out there that are all preaching for like, you know, inclusiveness and, you know, educating and, and all this stuff. But then the second you ask a question, it's just like, you don't know how to fucking use Google or some shit like that. It's like, <laughs> again, I think it's just like varying levels of sensitivity. And then also like just a last note, because I know we're wrapping up. I think it's that same conversation that black people have with white people a lot about like, I don't owe you um an education on what has happened to me do you know what i'm saying right and it's your job to go and figure it out that's kind of i think what some trans people are saying mm -hmm. i don't owe you my story anymore like trans people have been around long enough google exists you know you should educate yourself and figure it out do you know what i'm saying because that is your job as a decent human being got it got it that makes sense um hell all right well Thank you so much for being here, Mistress Fox. We want to give so you, much for having me. of course, we want to give you, um, let you have an opportunity to plug anything that you want in the show. Tell people where they can oh, find you. Um, I only pretty much will probably just plug Twitch. Um, Mistress Fox um, is my name on Twitch. Um, I'm, and I just want to say thank you so much. I've always been such a big fan of yours. Um, and I love what you do on Twitch. And I can't wait to meet you again at hopefully a TwitchCon whenever it happens. TwitchCon 2025. <laughs> There's no more TwitchCon. Thank you again for Seriously, coming. Thank I, you I, so much. It, yes, yeah. Wow. Just, now we know. And now known this half the battle. Now we know. Can we get the G.I. Joe? That's nobody. Yes. No. <laughs> she got it. Mrs. Fox got it. Jeez. I mean, I I know, I know, but I'm like, listen, it's not mine. It's not mine. <laughs> all right. No well, fun thank you, everybody, for watching uh, and listening today. Remember, you can find us on all major podcasting platforms such as Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and all that. We have a Patreon. Check it out below. And once we get to 500 followers on YouTube, we're gonna do our first live stream here on YouTube. So uh, help us get to that please and thank you uh all right that's it we will see everyone next week bye bye guys goodbye <laughs>